Welcome, welcome, welcome to Thirst for Knowledge Podcast, COVID-19, Part 2. I'm James Evers. I'm Justin. And I'm Seth Tardiff. And today on the episode, we're talking about more coronavirus. Yeah, if you guys haven't had enough already, we're going to give you some more. <clears throat> so in today's episode, we're going to kind of continue where we left off in the last one and update everybody on generally what has happened in our experiences since the last episode that we recorded, which was in March 13th. So we're um, a little over two and a half months-ish, somewhere in that neighborhood, two and a half months um, from when we recorded that. So we'll go through our experiences, some of our thoughts on it. Um, yeah, I mean, be well, everybody. Um, we get into a little bit of statistics and a little bit of stuff, but it's it's not too deep of an episode. Um Think of these episodes as a journal entry in time. Yes, definitely. It would be worth revisiting in the future. Yeah, to see how our perspectives have changed. I know that our perspectives have definitely changed since the first episode, and they will definitely continue to evolve the more that this whole situation evolves. So sit back, grab your hand sanitizer, slip off that mask, and enjoy the episode. Enjoy. Enjoy. Guys, yeah, something's happening outside, and I just I don't know what's going on, and it's freaking me out, man. Is it all the pollen that's flying all over the place? I think so. I woke up and my car is covered in this shit. Yeah, it's pretty gross. I heard the pollen. It will, if you ingest it, you'll go and kill yourself. God, have you seen that movie? Yeah, it's the happening, right? Happening. Yeah. With was that Mark Wahlberg? This is Marky Mark. Is that when they're like walking backwards or something? Why did he get? Why did he kill himself? Was he like a blessed? Was he blessed by the trees? No, 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 no. So the idea was, well, he he wasn't in an area that was like, because it was airborne. The right. whole thing was fucking airborne. Right. Um, I don't know. It was just a fucking weird movie. Yeah. But it, I think it was an analogy of like people who are really allergic to pollen anyway, they want to kill themselves when the pollen comes. That's it. Because their allergies are so oh, bad. Yeah, that's, definitely. That's the whole thing right there. I'm so glad that over the past couple of years, my allergies have been getting better because they used to be, I used to be at that point where I thought I was going to die. Did that start when you started to do more local honey, like in your tea and shit? So I I did do that for a while, but then I kind of stopped doing that. And um, I don't know. I think I might have, now that I'm not a scientist (laughs) of the, you know, pollen matters. But uh, I think it has to coincide with like the changing of my gut microbiome. Hmm. Could I be. don't I don't know if that has anything to do with anything, or it could just be you know you hear people grow out of their allergies or whatever. Like sure. se- seasonal allergies still do affect me. Like today when I was outside, it was my eyes were just like watering like pretty bad. But normally, <clears throat> if I had gone outside and then come back inside, it would just stay with me like all day and I would be like completely wrecked. Oh yeah. Like at this time of year, usually I've crushed like five or six boxes of tissues like easily. Um, you have that plastic grocery bag just full of used tissues. Oh, dude. <laughs> Carrying it around with yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I just have, like, 
wear cargo shorts so that I could like stuff them with like tissues. I used to just have a trough and I just allow it just to leak out. Oh, God, it just dude. drips into a trough around my neck. It's so bad. You don't want to waste it. You don't want to waste all those calories. You can drink it up at the end. Like a spider in its spider web. Oh, that's so Do you know a spider web? The spider eats the spider web? Get those nutrients back? Oh, really? Yeah, unless something bad happens, they die and their spider webs left or left there. <laughs> Will other spiders eat other spiders' spider webs? I don't know. I I never looked into that. It's a good question. That is a good question that we're not going to answer today because that's not what this podcast <laughs> is about. <laughs> yeah, so we're doing um, COVID nineteen update two today. Yep. And um, the first one that we did was over two months ago. Uh, I believe we recorded on March 13th, um, which is essentially just as states were starting to lock down. Right. Yeah. Um, I I think it was the following week. Um, Yeah. New Hampshire issued their stay at home order on March 26th. The week after. It was like a week and a half after. Right. So we recorded our last in-studio podcast um, a couple of days before um, the stay-at-home issue was ordered. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're back now in the studio, and states are starting to open up. Right. So we wanted to start and give a little, um, you know, some of our experiences and just what we've seen over the past, you know, two and a half months or whatever as this thing has evolved and progressed. And we're still in the middle of it, but... There's been some ups and downs, like, you know, in between, you know, the last time we talked about this stuff. And my, my opinions and things have shifted as more information comes out. And then it's like, right, it goes back and forth. And like, oh, what, what, what's the good data? What's the bad data? And it's still hard even now to, to, to decipher some of what is the good data and the bad data. I've definitely flip flopped a few times. We're like, dude, this isn't that bad. Like, this shit's bad. I know. I know. That's not too bad. This shit is fucking bad, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't even know where I'm at today. Yeah. um, I also, before we really get into this, I want to do apologize for the slight decline in quality that we've had in our last few episodes. Um, It hasn't been too bad. Um, It's definitely like listenable. um, Some of the remote stuff, some of it came through pretty clear. Um, in the last couple episodes, I did have some issues with the audio that I downloaded from Squadcast, specifically our intros and outros. I don't know what happened, but my voice got garbled a little bit. You can still kind of hear what I'm saying, but it just sounds like weird and electronic and everything. And there was nothing that I could do to fix it or like I re-downloaded the files. It was just, they recorded bad through Squadcast. Um, but yeah so i don't have to worry about that shit today yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) we're all in studio within six feet from each other (laughs) yeah um (laughs) yes nothing you can do about it man no um i don't know where do you where do you guys want to start with you guys want to start like at the beginning with uh like take take off like at where we left off in the last one i guess like, how long ago was that that think. was like fucking nine months ago that since was, we talked about corona it was mid-march yeah um, i mean i mean someone in this room is a survivor 
Should we start off there? I guess we should start off there. (laughs) He's a corona survivor. That's right. I am. I had my antibody test done. I had my blood drawn on Wednesday. Came back Thursday, confirmed. Antibodies positive for the Rona. Yeah. He's got corona, man. Was that something that you did on your own, or was that like a work thing, or... So they were... It was a work thing. They, uh... I think like two weeks ago, they sent out an email, and they were like, hey... You know, um, we're opening this up to all the employees. If you're interested and you want to get your blood drawn, a test for the antibodies to see if you are positive or negative for the coronavirus, submit this, fill out this form, and Mm -hmm. and submit. Shockingly, they had an overwhelming volume of of responses. (laughs) Yeah. um, To which they were like, we received when we received an email following up. They were like. They were like, we received this large volume of, of responses. <laughs> like, I can't believe it. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> well, no shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, so everybody's pretty much has just been like, it's sort of like on a scheduled by schedule basis. The, these chunk of employees will get tested, these mm-hmm. chunk. Um, but I had my blood drawn, came back positive. Then we have to do the follow-up is if it does come back positive, you have to do a nasal swab test. Okay. And that's to confirm. Yeah, that's to confirm if you're still if you're still uh, symptomatic or you're still able to sort of. Um, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're still yeah. spreadable. Yeah. Are you spreadable? Contagion? Contagious? I don't know. I didn't get the news. Son of a bitch. Yeah. So we're we're pot- potentially infecting ourselves here. Well, that's good. I could <clears throat> potentially take. I could tell my work. But like some fucking asshole came up to me. He told me he had corona, but he doesn't know if it's spreadable or not. What should I do? They'll make me take two weeks off. I don't have the next two weeks off. It'd be great. I'll get paid too. Fuck. I'm gonna do that. So yeah. I mean, I guess that that is a slight risk for us here. But at the same time you're fairly certain that you contracted it like what was it over it was over a month ago right oh it was in march yeah yeah when we yeah, when yeah. we after we did the after we got done with that podcast the following thursday well that whole week i felt like dog shit yeah. i felt like garbage yeah um and it was it was all the symptoms except for a fever yeah and i was taking my temperature like three, four, five, six times a day tracking, mm-hmm. and I was keeping a log of my temperature. Yeah, it never went up, right? Nothing crept up higher than like ninety nine six or yeah. something like that. So yeah. when I called into HR or uh, o- occupational health, they were like, "No fever, still cleared to work." Yeah. Uh, but at that point, I was like, "No, fuck that. I'm just gonna stay home. Yeah, I'll telework." And then, like, two days later, they shut down all the clinics. Yep. All the outpatient hospitals, everything shut down. Everybody was teleworking. Yeah. Damn. And you you know for a fact that you, at that time, you were right... You were in very close proximity for a prolonged period of time with someone that did test positive. Oh, hell yeah. We were working out in the gym together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, ve- it's highly likely that that's when you contracted it. Probably. And then you are currently today no longer you right. know i feel great yeah exactly although then it was like my symptoms were i didn't have fever but i had mm-hmm. like increased fatigue uh body aches muscle aches um a lot of like sinus pressure and like nasal stuff yeah um and like a kind of like a light cough yeah no real like respiratory distress but mm-hmm. yeah that was probably when i had it yeah 
I think I got it too. I I don't. It was before allergy season came, and I just had a cough, and I was like, dude, I never have a fucking cough. And I don't know if it was like a placebo thing because of Corona or not, but it was like every morning I'd wake up and I'd have I'd just cough until noon, and then it would be over again. Mm. No fever though. Who knows, man? I'd like to get checked for antibodies because I because our the girl that lives downstairs from us. Her boyfriend has the antibodies for it. So, yeah. We hang out with them. We hung out with them multiple times. So, who knows? And the, the crazy thing, too, is that there has been a lot of people that obviously think they've had it at some point. And mm. um, everybody's got a story, like from a, a, a couple, a month, two months, three months ago, for even like maybe in February or whatever. And you know, even I had like a weird sickness in February that like yeah. I, I just. I remember Cuts was a little sick when he got back from fucking Louisiana when we all hung out. Right. And that was that was like in February, right? Or March. And that was a hot zone, wasn't it? Louisiana. Hell yeah. He came back coughing on all of us. <laughs> We're all sitting here together in a big fucking room for hot box and corona. <laughs> and I was like and then and then like I recently went to his house and I talked to him. He's like, Oh yeah, I think I had corona then. <laughs> I was like, You fucking motherfucker. <laughs> But I didn't feel sick. I didn't really have that cough until like, you know, three or four weeks after that. Yeah. So who the hell knows, man? Who knows? I mean, uh, it's becoming more available. I mean, it doesn't, the, I think the assay that they use to test the antibodies, I think it's becoming more widely available. So it shouldn't, it should be, you should be able to get it pretty soon. Do you know if, so I've heard multiple stories and i mean i don't know if anybody knows this yet it's just kind of like a uh it's kind of just i don't know if you get it and you get the antibodies the antibodies can eventually deteriorate and go away or do you have those forever you can never get corona again you have those antibodies in your blood forever or is it like over a month or two they go away and you can potentially get the corona again or over a year it goes away i I think that that's still something that's not confirmed they're still looking into that right yeah i'm not an infectious disease right scientist but from my understanding is in at least in animal models they're showing that there's no reinfection um and from tracking in uh, cases that were infected since January, nobody, there's no confirmed case of a reinfection, right? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I believe so. I've heard so many people be like, oh, no, I know a guy who's got it twice. Yeah. I know a guy. Oh, yeah, I know someone who, yeah, my sister got it twice. I'm like, oh, really? I'm like, I thought you, I was like, oh, that's weird. <clears throat> I yeah. can't take everybody's shit with a grain of salt, but. Exactly, because I've definitely heard people like, talk like they knew like exactly something they had some stat or some whatever and then you look it up and it's like i I can't find that stat anywhere i can't find any credible source or anything that like confirms what you just told me so right they might have heard a stat that was either like thrown together or they they kind of they thought they heard something and they're misremembering it we all know the human memory is not they played a whole fucking game of telephone yeah exactly Um, but speaking about tests and like, um, I've got, I've got some stats right now. I'm looking at, I found this really, um, neat website and it's pretty straightforward. It's just numbers and, um, they've got a lot of good stats, but it's COVID-19 tracking.org. Okay. And they cite all their, where all the places that they're getting their stats from, but they have, 
um, the amount of tests that have been given in the United States total right now. Okay. And that's 13.4 million tests. Damn, that's a lot of tests. Have been given. Okay. And of the percentage of those tests that were given, 88.1% were negative. No signs of corona. No antibodies. Just they, they were just they were just negative. Negative yeah. for so, corona. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which so that's eleven point eight million um, out of the tests 13. were negative. Yeah. So the and I would imagine that part of that data is like people that have been tested multiple times. Yeah. To make sure, like doctors and stuff, mm-hmm. high official people, political yep. people, maybe who have to go out to the public. Yeah. That makes sense. But still, that's a shit. I thought they were, that's a lot. I didn't think they tested that many already. That's a lot. 13 million? 13 million. I mean, mean, the the population is, uh, how much? 300? It's over, yeah, it's probably, it's at least over 330 million. You know that, in the United States anyway. Yeah. That's still a lot of tests, man. That's still a lot of people. That is, yeah. But yeah. I know uh, I read an article where a couple people that work for the town, I, the city I live in, that they got tested positive, like people that were in the town hall that work there. Yeah. So it's definitely going places, it's spreading, but I don't know, man. So, um, yeah, I'll just kind of give these stats out as like we're going through and we're talking about stuff, but the the top five states with positive tests new york (laughs) new york new york's number one definitely by far um followed by new jersey which makes a lot of sense because those states interact and commingle with each other you know considerably um next is illinois oh i haven't heard much about illinois yeah my guess is it's probably chicago area Mm. um and then after that you've got massachusetts and then California. Yeah. So, I mean, three of the states are right on our, in our neighborhood. Yeah, right in the Northeast. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, New York's over 350,000. New Jersey's over 150,000. And um, in all of America, in all of the United States, it's around 1.5 million. Almost 1.6 million. Damn. Yeah, I mean, so if you take if you just if you just consider like New York and New Jersey, like those two combined are what um, over five hundred thousand. So that's a third of all the positive cases in the United States is New York spots. and New Jersey. That's crazy. Yeah. Hmm. Fuck. Yep. Now sounds like they're not wearing their fucking masks. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of those obviously like are. They shot up quick in in the you know in the early days, but yeah, like the so the the amount of increase the increase um, in cases in New York from May twenty first to May twenty second is point five eight percent. So on May twenty first they had three hundred fifty six thousand cases. On May twenty second they had three hundred fifty eight thousand cases. So the the rate is definitely slowing down. This um. 
this website covidtracking.org there's like a sliding scale so you can like go back in time and see what your percentages as as they change they they bring you back in time at least 30 days so 30 days ago the average daily growth in new york was 3.97 percent and the average daily growth in the united states as a whole was 4.93 percent today like i said new york was 0.58 percent Okay, that's good. In the U.S. as a whole, it was one point five nine percent. So it's gone down significantly. So it's it's gone down significantly in New York, obviously, and uh, as well as the United States as a whole. I think with any infectious disease, it would all it would all carry a common pattern of it'll get crazy in big cities where population's high and traffic is high, and then once it disperses from cities and they have that they have one of those friggin. Um, what is it called? Um, herd immunity bullshit. Mm-hmm. Once it starts spreading out to the Midwest, where everyone's spread out more, it'll slow down. You know? Yeah. Well, another part of this, sense. too, that is not confirmed, but um, it's possible that the weather may affect this. Or at least some people have speculated that, right? Like temperature? Like the temperature, exactly, outside, that, it, the, that <clears throat> the virus can't last as long in higher temperatures. So, for example, yeah, California is number five, but they're still not like, um, you know, they're a fraction of New York's cases. Like California, for being such a big state, you know, they they had 88,000 cases. So um, one of the theories behind that was when all this started to hit in the Northeast, which got hit really hard, it was the wintertime. Yeah. And then in California, it's never it's not as colder, but then they're already starting the upswing of of temperatures as the thing is happening and now we're like starting to get into spring and summer weather in the northeast and things are declining. That might be part of it. Who knows, as well as all the other measures that are being taken and the stay-at-home orders and the social distancing and the whatnot. We'll find out in the fall, right? If it gets cold again, shit gets ridiculous. I mean, it's a, it's a possibility, but who knows what happens by then? Is is there some kind of vaccine that's being tried out? Are there any thera- any other better therapies that are happening? Right. Um, well, they. I know at work they're they're sort of thinking about and and they're anticipating a fall winter uh, like another spike with COVID cases. So. Um, I wonder if that is because of the speculation surrounding temperature and, and all of that and the way that works. Um, as far as like treatments, um, if you have if you have tested positive for antibodies in your in your serum, um, you can actually donate that to like Red Cross and, and all these other organizations surrounding you and they can use your serum antibodies as a way, of sort of treating or at least managing COVID for um, patients who are having a harder time dealing with it um, who are in the hospital. Um, So I would encourage anybody who does have or tested positive with those antibodies to, you know, go to redcross.org or or any kind of organization in your neighborhood um, to donate your serum antibodies to try to help. I think one, I think one donation can help four or five patients. And then they're essentially immune to it. So the, it it basically what they do is for for people who are like inpatient on a ventilator who are really struggling to sort of basically survive with the coronavirus, um, they'll inject the 
the antibodies into that individual, and that kind of <clears throat> sort of adds a layer of defense and, and mm. protectability for, for those people. And um, you can donate you can donate your, your serum antibodies on a monthly basis. So you can keep going back once a month to to donate your serum and you, you that, would think if you had the antibodies, they could take the antibodies and just like reproduce them, right? And just have and that's how you make the vaccine in a way? Well, they're certainly using that as a way to look at how to make a vaccine, but yeah. I, I mean, I—that's yeah, a little I bit out of my it. scope. I, I really just. Um, what if they just get people sick? Get like kidnap a bunch of young homeless people from San Francisco or Portland, right? Get them sick, have them get over it, and then just take all their blood. <laughs> I don't think that's how and, it works, man. And then think of how many lives they could save. Then, I mean, if if one pint saves four, how many pints of blood do you have in your Whoa, in your body? Who's, no one said anything about a pint. A pint. <laughs> how much blood you got? How much blood you got, Justin? <laughs> can I just? Can you just bleed in this cup? I'll drink it. Here, we'll try it out. You got yeah. a blood bucket, Seth? <laughs> Suck it straight from the hose, baby. <laughs> um. The average adult has between nine and twelve pints of blood in their body. Damn, right. probably like one of those five hundred pounds and counting people have like twelve <laughs> pints. And that could be part of it. <laughs> Man, yeah, I can taste those antibodies from over here. Mm, Justin, you smell good. So I kind of want to go back to um, like where we left off last time like shortly thereafter is when the stay at home started to happen and and states were locking down that kind of thing um as i said earlier in new hampshire they started in march 26th and that was um basically um all non-essential workers and businesses that were deemed non-essential had to stay home or close down or operate in some kind of limited capacity. Yeah. So there was obviously this whole thing at the time of like, what's, what's essential, what's non-essential. And then, you know, each, um, you know, local government was putting out like each state government was putting out guidelines for what is an essential business. And then, it would like branch down from there. So like if you obviously are a grocery store, you're an essential business. Right. If you're a company that provides food for the grocery store, you're an essential business. Like, and then, you know, it branches off from their healthcare and well, certain aspects of healthcare actually, because certain, certain aspects got locked down, like non-essential surgeries and things or. Hey man, plastic surgery is essential, man. <laughs> Dude, when I, when I first saw the, when the, he first did like this, my governor of my state, when he first gave the list of like what's essential and what's non-essential, I was like, dude, it sounds like everybody's essential. Like, I was like, the only thing that you can't do right now is go to the bar and go to the movie theater. Like everyone else like had this little loophole. We're like, well, I sell food, so it's essential. And it's like, yeah, but like, you don't sell like normal food or, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, I, I got a hot dog stand, so I'm essential. And it's like, well, I provide this, so I'm a little essential. Yeah, and I'm, but there was also on top of that, you got to think about like music, like, you know, people can't go out and play music now right. because there was this whole, there was a whole, or, and that, that was part of the thing too, is it's like, all right, people can't gra- gather in groups of X amount. And then that number just started going down until it was like, 
basically no one, basically right? zero. Like right now, New Hampshire says that like you can gather in groups no greater than ten people. Right. And that's one of the reasons that like okay, we're back in the studio. Um, yeah, we are still like trying to practice like. Um, safe you know, things safe things washing our hands you know wiping down sanitary things these are all things that I just do anyway drinking sanitary liquid drinking sanitary know. liquid exactly um, limiting our french kisses li- yeah. definitely limiting one our french, french kiss each yeah <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, so eventually that number dwindled quickly, and now so that shut down all concert venues, any kind of events and gatherings. You know, we know that um, like uh, there was concerts that got postponed. The half marathon that we were supposed to run last week got postponed until like September. Dude, professional um, sports organizations. Yeah, that was yep. big. Shut down. Yes, that was weird. Exactly. And now they're they're starting to talk about opening back up with um uh no audiences and it's cr- it's crazy like yeah. like baseball hasn't been going on and they're like all right we, you know we're gonna do like an 80 game season but we're not and we're only gonna play like in our local divisions so that we don't have to do airplane travel it's gonna be like all like you know bus travel and stuff like that yeah so you're playing in an empty like that'd be so weird arena or yeah like stands that's gotta be eerie oh yeah dude uh, i mean mma is still going like they're still having events but it's just it's just the two fighters and then commentators <laughs> and like you know <laughs> so wh- whoever needs to be there in case something bad happens or who's covering it right and they're and they're playing in like ten thousand seat arenas or whatever it is but to nobody <laughs> i remember when they kind of like announced like there's not going to be sports for a while there was a huge thing where the owners of all these teams were like saying like, you know, like we'll pay for, you know, all the employees that work in our, you know, that help us basically have our games and stuff. Like yeah. all the people who work for the big ass facility, they're going to pay their, um, their salaries until we open up again, except for the Bruins. The guy. Bruins. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, no, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> but dude, after, after all that came out, I was talking to people and one of my buddies is he's basically he gives he uh, he like ships sh- like fish and seafood to like a lot of people in Boston. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me that the vendor that sells beer for the garden, mm-hmm. the very first game of the year at TD Garden, the beer vendor will make all the mo- make enough money that one game to buy all the beer for the rest of the year in that one game. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That the upsale that he has on beer is ridiculous. Oh well, yeah, we all know we go to those yeah. Concerts. Everyone knows yeah. you go buy two beers there, yeah. and you you know it's twenty bucks yeah. for two Bud Lights. Exactly. And like now you're now you're a distributor, so you get it even at lower than what we can get it at the liquor store. Exactly. And then you pay for more than what they sell it at bars. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. It's, it's, it is crazy. So just a mat, and like he those that that's a money that's that's so much money that like. Like even his his guys that will just pour the beers for you, they 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 just they'll do it for free as long as they get tips. Oh yeah, because they probably make like five hundred bucks a night in tips. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you would almost be like, I'll do it for free. You know, you yeah. don't have to pay me hourly really wage. Yeah, so it's like a win win. It's crazy. Yeah, so I mean, as James was saying earlier, like it seemed like a lot of businesses were deemed essential, and there was and. Maybe in some cases, like, like how do you even determine like, yeah, that's what, a thing, what's weird. essential and what's not essential? Like what people need to live and stay safe 
ge- like generally. But at the same time, we also have the highest unemployment rate that there's been like ever, which is crazy. Yeah. Like more people have applied for unemployment than anything. And then on top of that, to try and help help soften this blow as much as you can, which I mean, this will be this is going to be a study in like economics and like um, health epidemiology. So, epidemiology. So there's going to be so disease, yeah yeah, and, yeah all that stuff that it's going to go down in the history books definitely. But um, on the economic side of it, there was a stimulus package that was passed in yeah. the United States. And um, uh, what, what was it like per adult, per household? 1200 bucks Per person. Per person. Up and then to... Depends on your income. And it's a sliding yeah. scale based on your income. If you make over so much, then your payment starts to diminish. I think it was like if you made under six seventy five grand, you would get $1,200 yep. if you were over 18. Yeah. And then if you had children... I don't know if there I was. I think a, it was five hundred dollars per kid. I don't know if there was a max cap on yeah, it. If you have like twelve kids, kids or yeah. something, yeah, I don't know. There's people who are like, oh, I got fifty five kids, <laughs> man. Optimum. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, but I know, yeah, they were getting five hundred each. So I mean, like, yeah. if you had a normal family of two kids, a husband and a wife, and you made under seventy five grand each, yeah, you you were getting like you know three thousand something, you yeah. know. 12 12 24 plus a thousand 3400 bucks and it's it's a really weird thing too because like if you were one of those essential workers who are still working and like i mean apart from like life as we know it and like the way we interact with people on a day-to-day basis changing like your income didn't really change and your expenses probably went down because you're not going out as much so you just got a check for you know 1200 bucks or if you have kids a little bit more but then on the other end of the spectrum, if you are out of your out of your job and you need money and you need that job to survive, like twelve hundred bucks like isn't enough. Oh no, right? hell no. You know? That's that's it's <clears throat> either you're like making you're like, I'm like, fuck, I don't need this. Like yeah. that's my situation. I didn't lose my job. You know, my girlfriend didn't lose her job. So nothing's changed on us except for schedules. And we just got another twenty four hundred bucks. It's like awesome, yeah. you know? But then there's other people, like you said, if you're not collecting unemployment. Yeah. You know, if you were had one of those jobs, like you were, a, you were like a, um, a hairstylist or something, who yeah. who ma- is basically she's running her own business. You know, that's how they mostly work. They rent out a booth, mm-hmm. and then they make their own money. Um, you can't file for unemployment, so you don't get that unemployment. So that twelve hundred bucks doesn't really do much for you. Yeah, we only got one check. Exactly. I mean, for for those of you who aren't aware, I mean. A one-bedroom apartment in Massachusetts is like what, on average, what twelve hundred bucks? I would say eight hundred. I mean, it varies on where you live, right. yeah. But I mean, anywhere from eight hundred to twelve hundred bucks in like suburban areas, yeah, probably Boston, yeah, you, maybe fifteen, sixteen hundred bucks. Oh, yeah. even more, even yeah. more, yeah. But still, yeah, it, or like depending on how big it is, sure, you know, right. your square footage goes down. You're, so you're basically it. You got. That's your rent. That's, maybe that's maybe a, you maybe got rent. one rent check, yeah. And I mean, this thing has been going on. Like I said, New Hampshire shut down on um, on the twenty sixth. I think that was around the same time the Massachusetts shut down, and they were states that were at the beginning of like they were shutting down first before some other states, you know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so it's been a couple of months that 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 people have you know been been put out. And obviously there's been other things that have been put in place. Like you can't get penalized for not paying your rent, not paying your mortgage, not paying your utility bills. Um, But 
as it stands though you you have to eventually pay them yeah um so like eventually you're gonna have a fucking huge bill yeah yeah exactly and i don't know if there's going to be things that they put in place to like help mitigate that like maybe you like okay you miss two months of rent or your mortgage or whatever so you can pay it off as you go over x amount of time without being penalized right as long as you pay it out by the end of your lease or Or something extra 100 200 bucks a month on top of your rent but that's yeah it's crazy man um and there's been so many like little things just the way we operate like grocery stores right like when we were we were talking about this thing earlier and like you know when we did this last time it was like oh the toilet paper is going away or whatever now now it's like you go into a grocery store and you have to wear a mask like that's required at least in the grocery stores i've seen yep no here there's there's wait times like only so many people can be in the store at a time right you have to wait outside in a line like six feet apart um, and then when you go inside, you're, um, maybe, maybe they have the stuff there that you need. Maybe they don't. <clears throat> I know recently they started putting limits on how much fresh, uh, meat you can buy, like of each type. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was like, oh, you can buy like two different variants of chicken, beef, or pork. Yeah. Um, that's fresh. You could buy, I think you could buy as much as frozen or it was like the same limits on frozen. I don't, I don't remember, but. All I know is I haven't been able to buy a ribeye in like a month and a half because every time I go to the grocery store, all they have is strips. And I'm not a strip kind of guy, all right? I'm starving over here. I need a ribeye, and I want a thick cut. In the the beginning, when all this was shook down, like you go into a grocery store, and good luck finding anything. Yeah. yeah, like it was a little scary at first. It, in the beginning, it, in the like, beginning, it was a little. It was a bit unsettling with just kind of like, you know, just ha- just knowing like you used to always go to the grocery store. You could whatever you wanted was all always available. Yeah. And then just for those that first like two three weeks, man, it was fucking it was wiped empty. It's weird, yeah, empty. Like soups were gone. And like canned goods were starting to get wiped. Yeah. The funny thing though, I don't know if we talked about it on the last COVID, but it was like seeing what wasn't taken. <laughs> oh yeah. That yeah, was the funny. stuff with long shelf lives. Well, like exactly. the things that you go you go to the grocery store and like everything's white, but it's like, oh, no one wanted the chorizo marinated <laughs> steak. It's right. like, why not? Yeah. <laughs> or like, oh, no one wanted friggin' like pickled onions. <laughs> That's right. We did talk about this. We talked the about last it, right? One. Yeah. yeah I think like so. protein bars and stuff. Yeah, just like, like weird shit. Like, yeah. oh, they must not sell a lot of those in general. Yeah. But now you go in and, you know, it seems like the the grocery stores are like, they're, they're kind of caught back up now. Mm-hmm. They got a regular stock of things and, you know, toilet paper. You can find toilet paper now. You can purchase it. It's still a limit, though, so, for me anyway. Yeah. There's still limits, like, one or two, like, like cleaners mm-hmm. any kind of like toilet paper paper towels any kind of that stuff mm-hmm. um there are limits on it but fuck grocery stores they they like outline uh you got those floor tiles with the six feet apart yeah yeah um markings only, like you can only go one way down an aisle yeah 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 yeah, yeah. although in my experience nobody else but me follows those fucking guidelines oh really <laughs> the one ways yeah. I've noticed a few people like they give no fucks, but then yeah. some people I'm, I look and I'm like, and they start walking towards me, and I look at them like, oh, sorry. Yeah, and I'm like I don't give a fuck, bro. But everyone else is judging the shit out of you right <laughs> now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, when we were talking about 
before like the shortage of toilet paper and all that stuff and we had all our, our crazy theories and everything um recent uh shortly after that i heard some interesting um theories that make a lot of sense that i wasn't even thinking about before chemtrails uh, i mean 5g uh, 5g <laughs> you guys are hitting the nail on the head <laughs> no actually um so stay at home orders all right restaurants are shut down people aren't going to work people shit in restaurants at work so they're not using toilet paper out in those businesses in those places they're using more at home so then it becomes a supply chain issue right like now people would normally they're now they're only shitting in their own toilets at home Whereas they would n- normally be shitting in other places. Right. For at least eight hours a day. <laughs> yeah. And if your schedule is like, why shit at home when I get paid to do it at work? Yeah, exactly. So now it's like, oh, crap, I need more toilet paper because I'm not using it at other places. Yeah. So that was the thing. Like restaurants are they have extra toilet paper. So like there was local businesses that were kind of setting up like um general stores like uh in restaurants and stuff that were selling some of the supplies that they don't need right now right. like um toilet paper and um even some of their cooking supplies like eggs and butter and milk and that kind of thing that they're not using as much of anymore because they don't have as many customers. And they're making like kits and selling them, right? Exactly, yeah. 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 I think I see I I got such a bad memory because I drink so much that I don't know if, did we talk about the taco company in California that was doing that? And they were making like make your own taco kits and it came with like two rolls of toilet paper. I don't, it was around the time when we were doing podcasts. But yeah, they were doing that. And now I noticed the other day, Taco Bell has make your own taco kit that you bring home. It feeds the six to eight people. Yeah. It's 25 bucks. Yeah. It comes with 12 hard shells, eight soft shells and all the shit that you fill it up Mm -hmm. with. It's pretty sick. Twenty five bucks. Yeah. I kind of want to like do the taco challenge and see if I crush the whole thing by myself. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious to see how much meat they give you. Oh yeah, yeah. Because well, I would, I would like to just try to make one ultimate taco. <laughs> oh my god! With all the stuff they have, <laughs> of course. You know, just chop it all up, make some kind of taco casserole, and just bake it just in the blend oven. that bitch and just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean that was so like you know all these restaurants and stuff. Or they had to drastically change their business models to adapt to what was happening, so that they could potentially like keep their business alive. You know, you saw like everybody's doing curbside pickups. Yeah, everybody like regardless of even restaurants, like every store that like retail stores you can get delivery from now. Like it's definitely changing. It's going to change the way we live because. I was I was talking to Gina about it. I was like, why would any of these companies stop doing this service now when you have an available service? If it's working, you keep that shit, and it's less overhead for you, right? In some cases, we, we're definitely going to see business plans and business models change after this is all done because they had to invest in online ordering. Like some of these places didn't have any kind of online ordering. Invest in the infrastructure. Yeah. Now that it's established, it works. Yep. Yeah. What? There's no, that's like, I mean, that's the reason why I guarantee we're going to see a lot more teleworking moving forward into the future because companies did have to, they had to adapt and they had to, get that shit going and so why it would be a, it would be a huge step back if if we went back to normal right in in those areas but um to to kind of point at like the the food service industry 
Um, they did had to adapt to online orders, pickups, all that bullshit. But I mean, make no mistake, they laid off just fucking millions of oh, people. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because in the healthcare, in the food service industry, yeah. they laid off fucking millions. Yes. Yeah. I mean, because at once. Yes. Yeah. As, as soon as states closed down and shut down, or they issued the stay at home order. They're um, like my my girlfriend. Yeah. Um, she works. She works. She's a bartender. Basically, everybody in the restaurant except for uh, salaried managers. Yep. Um, all laid off. Mm-hmm. Done. Yeah. yeah. And so what you see now is uh, a select few uh, employees and manager salaries that are running the those pickups, exactly, takeouts, yeah. all that stuff. Because now you don't need wait staff and table runners and bus boys and all that stuff. Like that's not needed. And yeah, it's crazy, man. Like in these these places are staying open to try and stay alive. Um, it, now, like in New Hampshire, as of the 18th, which was a few days ago, um, as a part of the stay at home 2.0, um, restaurants are opening back up for actually like in like, I drove to your house today and I saw a shitload of people out with restaurants eating outside, but that's, that's the catch right now. It has to be outside and the tables have to be six feet apart. And there's all these other like provisions and servers have to wear masks and all this stuff, but things are starting to open back up, back up. Some people are getting rehired. Obviously it's not full capacity because Mm. in a lot of these places are also like they're setting up outdoor seating that they didn't have before this whole thing happened. Yeah. You know? And then obviously if you're setting up outdoor seating, now the weather is a factor. Like you can only be open like when it's nice out. out. Yeah, exactly. Some of our friends are who have like office jobs, they're not going back to work until spring of next year, regardless of corona. Yeah. Spring of next year. They're gonna be working Mm -hmm. from home. See, like if if I was given that opportunity to be like, listen, we're gonna have you work at home and if you wanna stay working from home, you can, we can keep this going. I would be like, hell yeah, if, because then that gives you an opportunity to buy a house wherever the hell you want, because you can work virtually wherever. You could mm-hmm. go go buy a cabin in the woods, as long as you have internet and electricity, you could, you could have that benefit of living wherever you want. You could live in a low-income area where it's cheap to buy a house, oh, yeah. and you could still make the same salary as you if you're commuting to Boston every day. Well, before all this, that was something that like I'm pretty sure Vermont was trying to do because yeah. their population was low. Like They would give you a bonus if you were coming to Vermont to live, and you would like telecommute. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And they were I think they were offering to pay people student loans too. Yeah. Like to get young people who are who have college degrees to Vermont. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's like everybody has their own in home like video audio studio now. Mm-hmm. You know, like the explosion of Zoom meetings. And this is the weird this kind of bothers me like in my, the back of my head, like my conspiratorial mind, like where did why did everybody start using Zoom? Like you never heard of Zoom never, before never, coronavirus never. before COVID nineteen. You heard about Skype. You heard about like Google Hangouts. You heard about like uh, Facetimes and like all this other stuff. There was a bunch of like um, uh, video conferencing things that existed, but all like, of a sudden Zoom was Zoom number one. Out. Zoom is the video conferencing software of coronavirus. Like I don't know how it happened. It seems like it came out of nowhere. 
They're just putting uh, subliminal messaging in your brain from your 5G phones. Yeah, it's it's crazy, man. Yeah. And it's weird. Like, now there's these, like, people, because they can't have as much face-to-face interaction, or now it's starting to open up a little bit, right? But um, in the thick of this, when we were all just confining to our homes except for work or the grocery store, um, we, like, we had a, um, us ourselves, we had, like, a regular Friday night hangout where we would just, like, you know, dial up our, uh, you know, video chat and, and get it going, you know? And that was a regular thing for a lot of people. Yeah. To try and stay connected because, like, a whole part of this is also, like, your mental health, like, you know, trying to get some grasp on, like, Definitely. regular life in an irregular time, you know? Which, I mean, that's a whole other can of worms that we, yeah. I mean, a lot of, like, the the patient population that I deal with, uh, not a lot, but I do have uh, quite a few sort of more in the inner cities of Boston who are dealing with homelessness, dealing with like a lot of complex mental health issues. And this coronavirus stuff is fucking with them Mm. hard. Mm -hmm. Um, Just between like being locked in their house all day long, 24 hours a day, watching the news. Yeah. um, Paranoia kicks in for sure. They, they meet basically 90% of the criteria for, for like, people who are at risk mm-hmm. um, for suicide no at risk for like um you know respiratory issues overweight mm-hmm. obese uh of that oh, okay. age yeah, yeah, yeah. uh where coronavirus can be fatal yeah um that it's really fucking with them yeah hard and it's like who knows like if 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 this is sort of developing some sort of new mental illness or mental health issue coming out of coronavirus. Oh, there's definitely like a sort be of PTSD thing. I mean, I don't know, but it's it's like it's it's heartbreaking to to hear and 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 like I know at the VAs that I work at, I mean, a lot of a lot of the mental health groups, everything had to adapt to either uh, video conferencing, uh, telephone groups, and, and mm-hmm. all that stuff had to get set up. But there's still uh, not everybody has capabilities or access to to those resources. Mm-hmm. Um, so not being able to participate in these groups or being shut in their house all day. I mean, the VA was like a, a source of like interaction. Yep. Um, they don't have many friends, but when they come into the VA, it's like they can talk to people yep. and sort of interact. Sense of community there. Yeah. yeah. Not having that is like, it's ruining them mm-hmm. and it's fucking sad. Yeah, definitely. I don't, I, I want to come back to your mental thing with people suffering from this. I mean, I know my grandparents used to stockpile a fuck ton of food. Oh yeah. I don't know about your grandparents, but my grandparents would have a pantry and it was like fucking stuffed with food. Yeah. They'd go to the grocery store, get all the sales and just stock up. And everyone goes, oh, it's because they lived in the, the day of the Great Depression oh, and yeah. they didn't have food. So now they always prepare for it. It's like people are going to start fucking walking around with masks even when this shit's over. They're going to be paranoid of germs and shit. And they're going to be like, dude, stay away from me. Yeah. Corona. Remember Corona fucking six years yeah. ago? Yeah. Remember and Corona 500 years ago? Like similar to what you were just saying. Um you can see like the prices of certain things that like help you uh, preserve food, like um, vacuum seal, mm. vacuum sealers, and vacuum seal bags. That's something that I've just done. Like I, 
I vacuum seal things. Like I've been doing it for. I started because of this. I was yeah. like, damn, this is actually working well. I was but, like, yeah, no, on, it's sorry. awesome. Yeah, you yeah. can buy like a bunch of ribeyes and vacuum seal them. That's what make, I did, and, make, awesome. <laughs> and they taste great. Like that's what I'll do it when they're on sale. Like I buy a couple and then I'll vacuum seal some and mm-hmm. then whatever. Um, but I just went the other day to like because I'm getting a little low on vacuum seal bags and the prices have like doubled. Yeah, it's crazy. In, it's insane, man. Like, I know we're talking about everyone who's fucking suffering, but who are the people? What companies are the ones fucking doing awesome right there's now? There's definitely going to be some shit that comes out of this. Like, I heard Target went up 150 percent in sales yeah. via curbside pickup. And then overall, they went up like 30% in sales oh, because yeah. of Corona. Yeah. I can't imagine what Walmart looks like. Yeah. And Amazon, too. Amazon oh, yeah, must dude. be outrageous. Amazon is insane. Because they were on an upswing before this. Yeah. Like with all their warehouses that they were building out and all the deliveries and the quick deliveries and all that stuff. They couldn't keep up with it then. And then this happened. And then they're like, yeah, we'll hire like everybody. Yeah. yeah but didn't they have like a massive uh, like walkout of their employees? I don't know. I heard something Recently. weird, but at the same time, it's I mean, like, prime. I mean, prime delivery. Good. Good luck getting it delivered in true. fucking two days. Well, now. see, that, yeah, that's true. That, that's been a thing too, and it's weird because I've. I mean, like everybody else, have. I was ordering stuff online a lot before this, but now I'm ordering even more because I have to, and I've noticed that the the wait times have varied like weirdly like i'll order one thing and it will be here in two days and then i'll order something else and it'll be backed up for like three weeks yeah same i got my uh mortar and pestle and it took like fucking six weeks to come in gee and that that's kind of a weird thing like why why more because it's not like an essential it must thing. not be i don't know i finally got it yeah, yeah. <laughs> guac in it, it makes good guac <laughs> but um yeah the conspiracy side in me makes me think like who the fuck is running this show and it seems i'm like amazon's doing great now and now even more stores are going to shut down because of this corona thing Mm -hmm. which is only going to make amazon even better macy's was already going under and i think they were like they announced it before corona like oh yeah we're closing all our stores down or they're closing a a handful of stores down Mm -hmm. and they were trying to sell their stuff off and their sales right yeah i read that macy's just in one month lost one billion dollars because of corona that's crazy yeah a billion dollars i was like fuck how much money are they fucking pushing in that store and they're going out of business yeah right you know yeah it's crazy it's crazy dude and like i don't think i definitely don't think that this whole thing is a conspiracy theory like i don't i'm not yeah. in line with any of that I but i think just like all the other major events that where things happen that are weird and different um people are going to get conspiracy or whatever about it but the other thing is that like during these times is when like certain people will take advantage of the situation to help themselves out mm-hmm. if they can manipulate what's happening, you know? Um, and, you know, we'll mm-hmm. see how things shake out over the next, you know, couple months, year, whatever. But um, things are starting to open back up, which is good. Yep. Um, as of May 1st, New Hampshire issued their phase two of stay at home which opens back up a lot of different businesses including campgrounds state parks manufacturing hospitals golf courses barbers retail oh, i can get a haircut now yep oh yep. thank god as of as of may 11th uh, barbers are open obviously there's a whole set of guidelines that comes with each of these 
businesses that are opening up that the state like suggests that you can only do these types of haircuts or whatever and you can only have x amount of people at a time and wearing masks and so on and so forth um but um yeah drive-in theaters are open dentists childcare, uh restaurants and for all of you horse lovers equestrian facilities are open <laughs> thank god yeah um but it's weird too because you've got all these like state government agencies having to decide like what gets to open when and then what are also the guidelines that they have to follow and they're basically just kind of making stuff up that they think makes sense yeah and in a lot of cases like yeah i think i think that this is the right way to do it is to slowly open things back up and then see how it changes and adapt as things are opening back up um, but who's to say what's the right way to do it? We won't know until it all happens, right? Like we could be opening up too fast. We could be opening up too slow, but we won't know until it's all over, which is one of the weird things, you know, like, like I think I said in the first one, like the, the story of COVID-19 is going to be the story of the unknown. Like there were so many unknown variables and we're all just trying to figure yeah. it out as we go along. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see the outcome of all this after like maybe two or three years. Like, how fucked up is everything? You know, mm. how fucked up is the economy going to be? Like, unemployment. The thing about the unemployment thing is, it's like, it's up like I don't know if it's up thirty-eight million people are unemployed or thirty-eight percent, but that's just the that oh, those numbers are just from the people who are filling out an application for unemployment. It's processed through unemployment the federal unemployment, whatever, the state unemployment stuff, and the records are given to whoever's going to reproduce it. That doesn't count anyone who can't be, who can't file for unemployment. There's probably another fucking 10 million people who can't file. Yeah. Or who just like, they or all the people who are already unemployed before this happened, <laughs> you know? Dude, there's so, there's, it's bigger than, it's bigger than what they're saying for sure. Even if it's only another two or three million, that's still a lot of people. It's interesting. I mean, this this kind of opens up like, like the vulnerability of of sort of our whole way of life and infrastructure. Like yeah. nobody, nobody thought that this would happen. Yeah, no one could have predicted that this shit would have happened. Oh, that's crazy. Oh, yeah. When people were talking about like closing down businesses and and stay-at-home orders and quarantines and stuff in the beginning i was like it's just never gonna happen i was like well that ain't gonna happen that's a bit of an overreaction Mm -hmm. like it's probably not gonna come to that and now there's people saying that we didn't react quick enough right um and that if we had uh that that it wouldn't be as bad as it is and i i think that that's correct but at the same time i don't think you could have gotten everybody on board at the time that it would have taken like if we if if in uh like late march early february when there was like more than one case and when the cases were rising around the world we were like all right we had a bit of a heads up considering the rest of the world it, it it affected the rest of the world before us. Yeah, or at least that we knew of because right. we weren't testing then, so we have sure. no clue how many people had it in February. But we know that there were some, and we know that there were a lot more around the world. So at that, But at that time, 
if if like the president or whatever the administration or even our state governments were just like all right we're going to shut shit down for like a month we're going to see what happens nobody would have been on board in february Fuck no. there, there's like unfortunately unfortunately i think it's going to teach us a lesson of like if something like this happens again we'll know how to react better right if but, this were if this say that another thing outbreak happened next summer unrelated to covid yeah people would be like we got to shut this shit down there might even be a bigger reaction oh yeah and, you know and it would cause uh, less of a spike people would have a lot people would be a lot more prepared because of all these new habits they're going to have like um you know storing food uh, you know non-perishable food having a backstock having a backstock of toilet paper having oh, yeah. like all this stuff they'll like they'll be ready to go a new know? generation of doomsday preppers were just born yeah <laughs> and you don't even need to be like cra- <laughs> like a crazy prepper like it's kind of, it's not that i mean unless you, you're under budget constraints and that kind of thing which a lot of people are like but i think for the most part the average person can afford to have a little bit of a buffer you know, yeah. if you budget right. Some of the good things that I've experienced through Corona so far was, or I think my my organization skills have gotten a little better when it comes to stockpiling food, mm-hmm. like the freeze drying food and then buying a shitload of dog. I, I prefer now to buy like six, 12 packs of dog food mm-hmm. and just go through it for like the month or two as opposed to going to the grocery every week and buying a 12 pack or two like it's way better to just buy shit in bulk Mm -hmm. same thing with meat i would rather go and buy a shitload of chicken breast when it's on sale Mm -hmm. freeze it and then buy it every week regardless of what the price is Mm -hmm. yeah one thing that um we've been doing is just going every two weeks just going grocery and i actually kind of like it better like going every week yeah then going every week because you can buy enough stuff for a two-week span um i mean obviously it's just two of us so it's a little bit easier than people that might have a bigger family and not have as much food like refrigerator space and that kind of thing right but you can buy enough stuff to last two weeks where like and if you figure out your meals properly so that you're eating the stuff that's perishable within the, the first week and then the less perishable stuff in the second week you know Mm -hmm. um it's actually not bad you know you're saving a little bit of uh time and money if you get a little bit more right not saying like i said not saying everybody can do that or should do it but i it's i found it worked out for me pretty well i'm definitely canning more this year though i'm gonna can way more uh one quick question on jumping on the grocery stuff Mm. have I don't know if if it's if it's because maybe I'm purchasing a little bit more extra food to throw in the freezers or whatever or storage. Did food costs go up? Definitely. Because I like I'm finding like what would normally cost me like for the week like you know eighty bucks whatever, I'll buy the, like the same exact stuff maybe a little bit extra, and my bills have been running like two two hundred dollars. I had Damn. a grocery trip that was like 300 bucks. Damn. Damn. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's certain things that have come up in price a little bit because of supply and demand. I just think there isn't as many sales anymore. There's not as many sales. Mm. I think the other thing, yeah, could be, you know. The other thing too is that some products will run out, so now you have to get like a different brand that you might not normally get. And that brand's a little bit more expensive. Yeah, with toilet paper especially. You know. We're buying we're buy we always buy Hannaford brand toilet paper. 
we like it and it's the cheapest <laughs> one and now we have to buy fucking scots and shit fuck yeah. scots yeah right fuck that it's so thick <laughs> god it's so fluffy bro <laughs> Scots is thick. I thought Scots was like super no, thin. No, it's flimsy. You dude, use, use the worst. Dude, dude, use mine. It's like fucking cardboard. It's like the thinnest cardboard you can oh get. Oh my god, Hanford brand. But that's our jam, man. Charmin, I'm an, a Charmin ultra strong type yeah, of person. Me too. You don't want to get. You don't want to bust through those with your fingies. Right. No, <laughs> to burn off your hand. You only need like you know. You need far less ratio mm. of squares when you are using Charmin than you are like for every three weigh, of Charmin. Weigh you need the like rolls. Twenty. Mm. Weigh the rolls though. And if you shave your bee hole, you use even less toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. I just have a garden hose I dug out into the I put it in the ground I dug it to go straight up I just go outside and squat on it and turn it on <laughs> I mean yeah bidets and then right? I, just, I just use the corner of the, the handrail on the deck just go. to dry it off um, some positive things that I've noticed about all this hmm. um, that I've, I've really come to appreciate is um, a lot of people are stepping up for their communities a mm-hmm. lot of people are helping out um, making masks, a lot of like mm. sewing circles I've, yep. I've seen, or people yep. are making like homemade masks for all the essential personnel mm-hmm. and people who may not be able to afford masks. Yep. Um, people are stepping up and and sort of collecting donations for toilet paper and 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 pr- cooking meals and 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 sending them out to people who can't necessarily afford food or yeah. um, maybe who are afraid to to leave their houses. Um, so I mean. The sense of community has has kind of strengthened a little bit, which is kind of nice to see, especially in these kind of really uncertain times. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, if if something positive does come out of this, you know, hopefully, you know, people are getting more connected with their their neighbors and their, yeah. you know, where they live and and who they who they live with and yeah, you know, for sure. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've definitely seen a lot of that. I know in the beer community too. There's been a lot of, um, you know, breweries that are doing like brewing and packaging certain beers and um, donating a certain portion of the sales to, um, like the out of work people in like the restaurant and beer industries and yeah. stuff like that, um, which is pretty cool. So it's not all doom and gloom. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we're we're going to work together as a group of human beings get through this um learn a lot of lessons you know um i think i want to say like i you know obviously we we really don't know but i it it feels like to me at this point um that we're trending in a positive direction that that things are getting better and that's not to say that like we're going to be back to normal in a month or whatever but i i feel better about it than i did like a month or a month and a half ago, you know? Yeah. For sure, for sure. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's, there's so many things that we could talk about on this subject, but I think, I think we've got a a good chunk here, guys. Any last thoughts or final thoughts or anything? Uh, Hopefully movie theaters come back. (laughs) That's all I got to say. I'm not going to explain my thing. I'm, just, I'm hoping movie theaters come back. <laughs> All right. And thank God Taco Bell never closed. God damn it. <laughs> thank God. Got me through it. Yep. Thank you, Taco Bell. Thank you, Taco Bell.
sausage candles. <laughs>